0: Hello, everyone. As always, I'm very excited to be here with another episode of the Gentleman's Success, Happiness, and Fulfillment talk. And I'm very excited to have another very incredible guest. I, I know I always say this, but it's because, well, it's always true. And I just can't wait to dig deep into this man's life and pick his brain out to see what is the key for that he that has been able to use to conquer his life, his marriage, and his business. So, Before I introduce him, really quick, I just want to give a big shout out to all of you guys who have been commenting and leaving reviews on the major podcasting platforms, Google, Apple, Spotify, and to those who have been watching on YouTube as well. Thank you very much. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a comment. And if you like and love this episode and you find lots of value from it, share it with one person because this is how we grow. This is how we share our our message. And this is how we motivate, inspire, and bless other people. And 99% of people of you probably won't do this, but the one percent of you who do are the ones who make all the difference. So, thank you very much. And well, let's get started, man. So today, I have Anthony John Amix. Very, I'm very, very excited. Very thankful for you for you being here, man. So this lucky man is the husband of an amazing woman and the father of a beautiful little girl. Was looking through his photos on Facebook, and he helps entrepreneurs, more specifically, married entrepreneurs, to unlock their greatness so they can have more very happy and thankful to have you, man, and um, and get to talk to you and get to call all of this work, right? And he is a marketing expert, business and life strategist, speaker, impactful creator, and more. So I'm gonna stop talking about talking trying to describe what he is and what he does, and I'm gonna let him do that, man. So the first thing that I that I do, Anthony with my guest is put him on the line, right? Make them, make them discomfortable and tell them to uh, tell us about, to tell you, tell us about your entrepreneurial journey in 60 seconds or less.
1: So pretty much I went from a country, small town, country boy turned rock star turned one of the top 10 life and business coaches in the world. That's my story in like less than 60 seconds.
0: <laughs> That's really amazing, man. That's that's precise and 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 powerful <laughs> and impactful and yeah that's awesome man so you nailed it, <laughs> awesome, cool so let's see, country boy rock star, rock star you said right yeah to like the top ten business and and life strategists strategist in the world so now like now you can dive a little bit deep in deeper deeper into it so like man um. Sure. What like what? What brought you into into the into being, you know, a business and life strategist and wanting to help other other married entrepreneurs, you know, find their purpose and 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 living life more fulfilled. So like, what, great, what took you to it?
1: It's a great question. It I didn't. It wasn't in the plans. It wasn't like I was like, ah oh, yes, I'm gonna be the person who helps people find their purpose and tap into greater levels of fulfillment. That wasn't. That was never the plan. The plan was like. I've always been entrepreneurial. Like, uh, I played soccer growing up at a vi- very highly competitive level. I played on club teams. And one of our club teams, we had to go to, We I tried out to play in England. I was young. I was like 10 years old. And we didn't have the money for the team, uh, but I made the team. And so we had to come together as a family to raise money. So dad took other extra construction jobs. Mom took on extra hours cleaning like the doctor's offices and stuff. And I would uh, sell candy uh, at school. We'd go to Sam Clubs back in the day and buy, you know, suckers and lollipops and different kinds of candy. And I would pack my lunch pal full and I would like sling candy at, at lunchtime i um, raising, you know, all of us coming together to raise extra money so I can go play soccer in England and, and raise the money. So I've always been like super entrepreneurial, um, just always like the game of business. So when I started realizing our band was pretty good, uh, I took it seriously and started doing all of the, the business stuff for the band. I still wrote songs, I still performed, but I also booked our shows, I also negotiated us radio play, I also negotiated us two record offers. Um, so I, I love the game of like marketing and sales. And then so when that came crashing down in 2009, I asked myself, well, what do I want to do next? Do I put together another group of guys and stay in the music industry or do I do something different? At that time, I was starting to watch people like Mike Dillard and Mike Koenigs and Jonathan Budd and Brendan Burchard and Frank Kern and Jeff Walker and the internet marketing space. And I thought it was amazing that these were just normal dudes being able to use technology to ship a message uh, to the world and for me when i was doing music that's what music was about was yes we created experiences yes we played in front of thousands of people but it was really about like the message and our message was like pursuing your passion that was kind of the gist of our our message and so when i saw internet marketing coming up in 2009 10 definitely in 2011 i was like wow this is an opportunity that i could use technology Um, to get my message to the world. And that's what led me into internet marketing. So then I started a social media marketing agency after my band, because I could see what was happening on the West Coast with lead generation with Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and all of the stuff back in the day, 2011. And I knew it was going to be a wave that would change the entire business world. So I got on my surfboard essentially and caught that wave and started a social media marketing agency. Fast forward to 2012, I had 20 one or 22, 23 clients on a reoccurring basis. And I just completely burnt out. I didn't understand how to hire. I didn't know who's this guy I met at one of Brendan Burchard's events. Um, Guy's name was Garrett J. White. Some people may have heard of Garrett. He runs Wake Up Warrior. And so Garrett was like, hey, uh, have you ever thought about teaching? And I was like, no. So then I started taking what I was doing for clients and teaching people how to do it and started running small live events and started coaching. And then I realized I could give two people or a group of people the same access to the marketing and skill sets of online business. Some people get results and some wouldn't. And it bothered me because I really like people to win. Mm -hmm. So then I realized there was mindset work to do. So I dove down the path of mindset and then I realized there's a whole other Path uh, that keeps a lot of people stuck, which is their unconscious. Carl Jung said, I don't remember the year he said it, but he said, Until we make the unconscious conscious, it will direct our life and we'll call it fate. And so that's led me down to really understanding um, the depths of spirituality and things that drive us at a very, very, very deep level. Um, because yes, it is physical, yes, it is emotional. Yes, it is spiritual, and all, its really like all of these things coming together is actually what yields people a great result. It's not just one of the things; it's all of it.
0: Damn, man, man. That, that was that was an incredible story, man. There's so much that um, that we have in common, and, and you know, like from from listening to a lot of uh, men like you, you know, speak and having a lot of conversations. There's always like this straight, First of all. And I don't want to put too much into like my life in in this podcast because this is about you, right? But I uh, I I also I also sold chips and candy and soda when I you know when I was in school. So I'm from Mexico and right. I lived in Mexico, but went to school in the U.S. Right? So like everyone in the U.S. wanted Mexican stuff. So I made like 200 dollars per week as a twelve year old back in like 2012, which was a lot for me. Yeah. And then I also started a digital marketing agency. Uh. So and I did that for like a year and a half until I shifted just a month ago. Uh, to, to to helping men become gentlemen. And actually, Garrett J. White, so like Garrett J. White, he was like your mentor?
1: Yeah, I worked with Garrett personally in 2012, right before...
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Man, well, he is the reason why I jumped into wanting to help men become gentlemen, right? He's the awesome. reason why... I started to like, like I, I knew I had what it took, right? but this is, he's, he's the reason why I started to believe in myself and actually went into it and just changed the story. Cause I, I had a story in my life, in my, in my mind, right? This story told me that I had to first build my digital marketing agency to like be this huge success so that after that I can start and step into my purpose and start actually doing what I wanted to do which i realized that 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 is not right like that is the story of lots of lots of people and that is like that's not my story and there's no need for me to spend the next five or, or eight or ten years of my life doing that so that they can so that then so that then after that i can start feeling fulfilled and living with purpose and just feeling on fire every single day so that's amazing man and um man everything that you said is great right uh, so so i'm just wondering like well, how was your how was your experience working with with gary j white as such a such a, a, uh, like early stage, right back in 2012, you said.
1: Yeah. Working with Garrett was super transformational for me. It was super, super, super pivotal. Um, just from a mindset level. I mean, there was strategic stuff too. Like the way I think about campaign structures and internet marketing, the way I think about writing copy, the way I think about messaging, um, landing page, like all of that fundamental stuff and methodologies, like Garrett totally helped me see the world. And it's just how I see the world I, and in marketing campaigns. It's just how I see the world. Um, but the, the other thing was just like small things. Like one thing that comes to mind right now is in the land of the blind, the one eyed man is king. So a lot of people deal with like imposter syndrome. Uh, I was dealing with imposter syndrome, thinking about all of these tech stuff and marketing stuff and campaigns. I was living in a small town at the time uh, on Cedar Creek Lake, which is in East Texas, uh, here in Texas. And that was kind of the thing. I was like, well, I don't know, man. I'm not, not you. I'm not Mike. I'm like, and he's like, bro, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. He's like, you have one eye and you live in the land of the blind. You're fucking king. And like, it was just like small little nuggets of wisdom like that, that totally shifted my life uh, onto a path of what was possible for me, so that would be the greatest thing I could say. It, it, it's just like a lot of those mindset sh- shifts, the different mm. perspectives to see the value in what I was doing back in
0: 2012. Exactly. Yeah. So then, that was like the the key, the mindset. Right? Is that is that what you you know is that what you think was the key? So like you knew all the strategies and the tactics, and you were really skilled. But what actually allowed you to go to the next level or, you know, or like for so many people get themselves unstuck is like just the mindset. Right. So. So can you talk about like the importance of it, man?
1: So the mindset was part of it. I mean, the reality is, is we'll never outwork the conception that we have for ourselves. So our conception is, yes, the way we think about ourselves. That is true. The deeper component is how we feel about ourselves, though. It's what I would call as like our body set. So you have skill sets. It's um, for us to create success, we have to have skill sets. Absolutely. So we pay for coaches, we pay for trainers, we pay for books, courses, whatever, to gain access to those skill sets. That's part of the game. Mindset, which is how we think about ourselves and we think about the game, um, vastly true. Like uh, One of the masterminds I just got back from over the weekend, I uh, was hanging out with uh, one of the mindset. This. For the, for, the, for the about our own couple of months ago. So, mindset's key. But, deeper than that, for me, has been what I would call body set, which is how we feel about ourselves. Because I can think I'm a winner all day long, but if inside I feel like a loser, well, the world's still going to give me opportunities to continue feeling like a loser. So, part of the game is really, and this is a deep conversation, but part of the game is realizing. I can experience being a loser. I can also experience being a winner. And the crazy philosophical thing about all of those two different experiences is they don't have to mean anything about my identity as a human being. And when we can understand that, not just at a head level, but at a soul level, at a heart level, that's what unlocks freedom and massive amounts of power. So what I mean by this, is like like it, I said at the beginning of this conversation. Until we can make the unconscious conscious, it will direct our life, and we'll call it fate. So, for a lot of my life, there was a part of me that didn't want to be normal. Like to be normal was just like meh. Like I grew up in a household where I had to win to gain love. I had to win at sports. I had to win at academia. I had to win and without winning, I had a belief system was I will not be accepted. And the reality is like above our, our, our like, safety needs and above like our food needs, belonging is a basic human need, belonging. If you go back to when we were like primitive, if we were cast out of a tribe, we weren't accepted, we would die, we would die. So the reality is, is all of us have found ways based upon the environments we grew up in, the cultures we grew up in, the parents that we had, the people around us, that created a way of being, a belief system for us to get our needs met as a human being. The way I got my needs met of belonging was win. Win. And so I would win. And at the end of the day, I still wouldn't feel like I was enough. So I would get caught up into the success equation. Well, maybe it's more money. Maybe it's driving a different car. Maybe it's living in a different house. And the thing is, as I continue to check off these boxes. I would still feel not enough, not accepted. When the reality, the deeper reality is I wasn't accepting myself. I wasn't at home and being average. I was kind of at home at being, at winning, but if I didn't win, well, then I felt like I was average and normal. And then I would hate myself. And then that would then force me to want to go do more. And then I would burn out. And so it was a constant go, die, go, die, build, burn, build, burn. And that got exhausting. And And a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs, They're afraid to be the loser. Some women are afraid to be the bitch. Some men are afraid to be the asshole. Like these are all labels, again, based upon the culture we grew up, the religion we grew up in, the parents that we had that shape all of these vast different identities that we're typically in resistance to. In the spiritual community, we've been told what we resist persists. What we resist persists. So for me, I was resisting being average and that pressure was actually the one propelling me to go accomplish. And if I wasn't accomplishing, then the wolf inside of me being average was what I was waking up looking at every day, terrified of. So until I could own the wolf and experience being average on the other side of that, there was light. Like when I could, for me it was average. Different have to go into different things for different people. When I can experience the darkness, there's a light within all of us, and in the in the light, for me, the voice said, "There's not a cell in your body that can be average," and it didn't come from a concept; it came from an experience. And there's this voice beyond me, in a form of a feeling, that said. There's not a bone, there's not a cell in your body that can be average, and that was truth for me. And in that, I then could own the spectrum. I am a winner, yes, and I am average. What is it I fucking choose? I could show up to be average, and that's okay. It doesn't have to mean anything about my identity or my worthiness as a human being. It's just an opportunity. I could choose to be average. I could choose to be the winner. I could choose to be the asshole. I could choose to be the nice guy. All of these are potentialities, but all of these potential identities don't have to mean anything about me as a human being. And as a result, that's when I'm stepping into my sovereignty to choose to genuinely, authentically be at cause of how I choose to show up in this human experience as Anthony John Amos. Standing in the paradox of yes, on one hand, I am this body and this emotional whole vortex and Anthony John Amex. And on the other side of the paradox, I'm not my body. I'm not my thoughts. I'm not my emotions. I'm the soul in control. When I can understand the being component and the doing component and integrate that, I can genuinely figure out how I want to show up and create from a place of power and not force. But the crazy thing is, A lot of people's behaviors are being driven by the unconscious parts of them. And that's why they're tired and they're stressed out and they're broken. Is this making sense?
0: Man. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot. So like for anyone listening, I would suggest for you to go back and like listen to it again. And I'm probably going to go back and listen to it again. But man. Yeah. So I have, you know, I want to follow up with a question just like. Please uh 100 complete 100 percent completely i love it selfishly right i love so, it so what about when you are you know you are you know you're like extremely clear on like who is it that you want to become extremely clear on your vision and your purpose and you you know you you most of the time you are aligned right so you, you have stepped into into that power into feeling with purpose into feeling on fire but then for some reason you choose to do something that is fucked up and out of out of out of alignment with who you want to be and who you know you truly are right so for example you know like for example if, if we put it with on, on you on your life you know you 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 mention asshole right now and you you know you're not an asshole or, or average but for some reason you just choose to like fall back fall completely off track and be an asshole or be average and then later on you have all this shame and guilt right So like, what would you say to that?
1: So wisdom is knowing which is required. So for us to think that this game of human experience is black and white, it's either or limits us. Because the reality is if I walk in my home and somebody is harming my wife, being a violent asshole is required. If I'm going to take a stand for my values as a man. Now, that doesn't mean I have to go violently kill somebody, but I can be violent enough to serve as the pattern interrupt to bring love, unconditional love, to both the victimizer and, in this case, my wife. So to say I should never be an asshole as an absolute, that would actually limit the power and the potentiality that I have to choose as a human being. Wisdom is being plugged in moment by moment by moment and knowing what is required. What is it we're going to consciously choose that's in accordance with the values that we stand for and then choosing to walk in integrity with those values. Lots of people just forget. We get caught up in the humanness of being human. And so when we forget, one opportunity is just to remember and make a new choice to recommit. Like one of my favorite definitions of commitment is it's just the process of recommitting. That one, one side of it. Outside of that though is like a real commitment is just being your word. Like if I say I'm going to work out four times a week, I either do it or I don't do it. And if I, if I don't do it and it's a habit, like it's if it's a habitual way of showing up where I'm not doing it, I'm not, honoring and being my word well part of this is connecting with the truth that i'm not honoring my word and so if i can't commit to four and show up to do four then how about i just align with the truth and commit to doing three and proving to myself that i could do three out workouts a week before i set a commitment to do four you get what i'm saying there's yeah. a tension in this like in my book unstoppable uh, unstoppable beacon i wrote this book it dropped in april it became a bestseller on amazon There's a three step process, which is just like connect with the truth, surrender to experience, create outcomes. And this is a process that's very fractal, meaning it's layered and multidimensional, because part of the answer to this question is connect to the truth. I'm being an asshole. Doesn't have to mean anything about our identity or worthiness as a human being. It can just be a simple statement of the truth. I am being an asshole. Okay we then could surrender to the experience you'd mentioned guilt and shame well we could experience the guilt and the shame and whatever arises in the body from experiencing not as a concept but the full-on sensational experience in the body is going to open up a gap and i'm happy to help you understand this of inspired information that says cool well how would you like to move from her what outcome would you like to create and then we can take responsibility to then go create what it is that we're committed to. Does this make sense?
0: Yeah. So, so then it's, th- it's also about not identifying yourself with that mistake that made you feel shame, shame, shame and guilt. Right. But like exactly. looking at it with truth, accepting it. Right. And recommit. I like that, man. Recommit, Recommitting, Recommit yourself to, well, if you said that you were not going to do this and you did it, Well, you know, you've got to accept the truth, which you fucked up, right? Experience it and take full responsibility of like, what is it that you want now and recommit and forgive yourself.
1: Exactly. Like one of the things I learned from Byron Katie, she has a wonderful, wonderful book. If you've never read it, which is loving what is Byron Katie talks about like, anytime we are telling ourselves a story or we're living in a belief, a belief system, or maybe we're even speaking these words into existence that this should happen or this shouldn't happen. Like anytime we are in a should or shouldn't, they should do this or they shouldn't do this or I should do this or I shouldn't do this. The reality is that's an illusion, it's not real. It's only a fabrication in our mindset because the reality is it is happening. Like if we step outside of our meanings, our concepts, our belief systems, the truth is, it's happening. You're being an asshole. You're being a bitch. You're not doing the work. Like whatever it is, once we can connect with that truth, this is a part a lot of people do not do. They don't surrender to the experience. So let me explain why surrendering to the experience is so fundamentally important. There's this physics experiment in physics called the high road and low road. You can go look it up on YouTube. And essentially there's like two tracks. One is point A to point B, and it's like a straight little racetrack. Think of like a Hot Wheels racetrack that goes from point A to point B, right? Mm -hmm. There's another one, same Hot Wheels racetrack, but it's more like, like a half pipe type thing. They're both going to travel the same distance from point A to point B, like vertical distance. One's just gonna be the straightest path. The other one's gonna drop all the way down and then it's gonna meet up there. And they take two steel ball bearings of the same uh, mass mass and weight and all the this, this scientific stuff. And they release them at the same time. The question is proposed, which stainless steel ball is going to get from point A to point B fastest? The one going the straightest path or the one going all the way to the bottom, and then back up. Most people would say, well, the straightest path. Point A to point B is the fastest path. What you'll learn in physics, though, is it's actually the low road. The low road beats the high road every day, all day, guaranteed. And the reason being is because the the one that takes the low road, drops, there's potential energy that's stored within the mass of the ball that then gravity, as it's going down, converts its potential energy into kinetic energy. So the one traveling on the low road actually builds up momentum to move faster than the one moving in the high road. So check this out. Those of us who are willing to surrender to our deepest fears as an experience, those of us who are willing to surrender to our darkness as an experience what happens is it's i believe it takes our potential and converts that into connected kinetic energy that actually propels us into our greatest levels of love and service most people are looking for point a to point b so what does this look like if i'm Aligning with the truth that I'm being an asshole. Well, then the question is, is like, okay, what am I experiencing in the body? If we're experiencing constriction or tenseness in our throat or our chest, we're experiencing sadness. If we're experiencing constriction, tension knots in our jawline, the back of our neck or our shoulders, we're experiencing anger. If we're experiencing knots, constriction, butterflies in our belly, it's fear. For a lot of people who are being an asshole, the truth is, is they're deeply afraid of something. Maybe they're deeply afraid of not being respected or not being in control or not getting a desire that they have that's, that they want that's being met. They have a fear that these things aren't going to happen. I would encourage them to surrender to the experience of the fear. And when they experience the fear, what's going to open up is a space of neutrality where the experience is meaningless. Anger doesn't have to mean anything. It can just be an experience in the body. And on the other side of that, the inspiration that's gonna drop in, that's gonna allow them to choose how they want to show up in integrity with the values that they choose to hold and model as a human being. Therefore, embodying their potential and carving out their unique expression on earth.
0: Man, that's crazy that like everything that you said that's a lot man and there's so much to like that you could that we could dive deep into and dissect uh there's so much to like talk about and think about i was trying to you know like be present and listen to you but then you know i got lost into okay so how this applies to my life and man so thank you very much i have this saying in order to be the light you must step into the dark of the night yes that's actually the name of one of my modules um in order to be the light you must step into the dark of the night and um, I want to go down, discuss two words that, that, you, that you mentioned uh, a couple of times, wh- which are extremely important. i found that are extremely important. Maybe you have found that are extremely important as well, but that most people don't understand, which is values and commitment. First of all, values.
1: Yeah, so values, I think they're different things for different people. So usually there's, there's five core values that govern our life. And the thing is, is they change over time. So typically speaking, what happens as we're growing up, we're like, these are my values. But typically those values are the values of our mother, our father, our grandparents, and the culture and religion that we were raised in, which is fine. This is part of the beingness of being human. I mean, I have a daughter. You have a daughter. People listening to the show have a son or a daughter or, or multiple. And part of our job, if if we're doing life consciously, is giving them values to uphold based upon the ones that we're choosing. And as they get older, they can either choose to adopt those or not choose to adopt those. But the thing is, is Socrates talked about this concept of the unexamined life isn't worth living. The vast majority of humanity doesn't assess if the values that they're choosing are the ones that they choose. Instead, they're just like, oh, you know, these are the ones that my father or my mother or religion or society gave me. I, these must be the right ones. And I would encourage you to question everything. I would encourage you to question everything I say. <laughs> Take nothing I say as truth. Question it, because that's what's going to make your life worth living. So these values that we choose, usually there's five core values. They usually typically impact the behaviors and the choices that we're going to make. For instance, that's one of my top values. um, I will not choose to get a vaccine because it's my choice and people can hate me or love me or whatever and each person has the opportunity to choose. Am I willing? I had to ask myself a question that said, would I be willing to die for that value and the answer for me, and I'm not saying this has to be for everyone because this is only speaking on behalf of me. Yes, I would die for the value of freedom. Nice. So I would encourage somebody to ask and get really curious. Just go to Google and Google like uh, values, top 100 values. Also, Dr. Martini has a wonderful free exercise on his website. Um, you just take a quiz and it will say boom here's your like top five values it's a great great free assessment um, to find your values so once we have our values the crazy thing is is as we go about having a human experience we start gaining perspective and oftentimes every five years or so What may have been the first or second value may move to like the third or fourth and what may have been the third or fourth may move to the second or first one or one may drop off and one may like be dropped in because we have new experience, which gives us new perspectives. But at the end of the day, we get to choose which values will will we embody? Will we demonstrate with our behavior? And those are the values that we're modeling to the people that were interacting with us day by day by day. Does that answer your question?
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's really awesome, man. So um, I started taking taking my value seriously, you know, this this word value seriously, and, uh, you know, made a commitment to myself to, like, make the unconscious conscious, right? And, and consciously choose, like, what values I'm, am I willing to commit myself to living with, Right. Um, and I've done it and, and, and like, it, it has transformed my life. Right. So that's what I'm telling you. Like, and this is from a conversation that I had with a man who was like really successful and, uh, like his coach is Tony Robbins and stuff. And he was talking to me about values. Uh, so that, that's what made the shift, uh, that made me start to take it really seriously. And it has transformed my life, man. Like it is true that when you have your, you're very clear on your values, like taking decisions and taking actions becomes. Simple and easy, right? So like there's no there's no like second guessing on on whether or not you should do something if you know what you stand for and you know your values and you have perspective.
1: Yeah. Now check this out because this can even be applied to disciplining a child. Oftentimes we're just like, hey, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. Maybe it's just because we're tired or we don't have energy or whatever. But one of the things I've learned from one of my parenting coaches, she was like, Well, what are the top five values that you're gonna choose for your family? So my wife and I, we sat down, I made my list, my wife made her list, and then we agreed upon a list of values. So now when, I'm, when we're working with my daughter or she's doing something, there's times when I'm like, I want to say, hey, don't do that. And then I'm like, I have to ask myself a question, which is like, well, what value is she violating? What family value that we have consciously chosen, what value is she violating? And oftentimes I'm like, fuck, she's not violating. I tell her to stop. We may have a different conversation around it, but she's not violating a family value. Crazy.
0: Yeah. You know, what's crazy too, you know, like talking about parenting and stuff is that I've caught myself doing, um, you know, doing this, the following, right? So like, I'm about to like yell at her or tell her not to do something. But like, if I really, and I'm, 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 I am reminding myself to always take responsibility, take 100% full responsibility of everything that happens or doesn't happen. Right. That's something that again, can change uh, people's lives. Like taking responsibility, such a simple uh, thing can really change your life. So I'm about to yell at her or, or tell her not to do something or that this is wrong. But then I first like take responsibility for it. And it turns out that it's my fault. Like, yep. uh, like. So like her jumping on the on the seat of the of the back of the of the car, right? Don't jump! And like, I'm gonna tell her to not jump. But like it's my fault because I am the one who chose not to put her in the car seat, you know, with like the belt safely yeah. uh, put on and stuff. Yeah. And and yeah, I mean it has completely like changed my perspective to how I was raised because I was yeah. like raised with, you know, like yells and 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 and, yeah. and slaps and everything without giving yeah. it a second thought of like maybe this is your fault. Exactly. Right. Yep. Absolutely. So that's crazy, man. So, man, I think I, we, we have um very, you know, a couple of more minutes to go and I want to sure. be respectful of your time. So there's a couple of things that I want to um, ask you about and also five questions, which I ask at the end always. Right. But uh, one of the things that I want to discuss is the uprising adventure event, right. Mm. To unlock passion, purpose, and prosperity, Uh, which is about 16 days away in Dallas, Texas. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, dude, it's a three and a half day event uh, that will collapse 10 to 20 years of personal transformation in a three and a half days. Now that sounds like a big ass promise. Um, Those aren't words that came out of my brain. These are words that have came from the clients that who have experienced Mm -hmm. it. Like, just from a mastermind as a part of, uh, helped one of the guys uh, there. Did an experience with him. Some of the stuff that we do uprising Rising, we just personally walked him through um, on some trails in, in Colorado. And he's like, "Dude, I kid you not, I have done more in two days than I have in the past two, ten years." Like, it happens. Like when you can make the unconscious conscious, like world changes. So. Yeah, the uprising is about diving into all of these aspects, these unconscious aspects of ourselves that we don't even know exist and bringing the light to that part of us. And it completely unlocks a whole new level of power, a whole new level of certainty where, dude, anything can happen uh, and we can just be in the experience of uncertainty and know who we are and we can lead through that. Again, coming back to and in accordance with integrity and our values and you talk about like commitment right commitment is just like it's kind of a weird thing i think in our culture a lot of people have forgotten commitment like they don't understand it it's like at a, at a hard level like we're either committed to our results or we're committed to our reasons like it's either one of the one of the other like even an uprising, I see people like, I'm going to like align them with the truth. I'm going to connect them with the truth. And they're going to come into their mind and be like, yeah, but, or let me justify why I did this. Let me prove why I did this. Let me defend why this, or let me defend why I'm not that, or let me prove why I'm not that. But the reality is until they can connect with the truth, I don't like an uprising. I'm super direct. I give zero fucks about your reasons. Like I'm fully committed to your results. That's why we can collapse ten to twenty years of personal transformation into three and a half days. The container is that strong. Um, but that really what is what it is, man. It's, we we rent out a mansion here in um, in Dallas, Texas. It's on one hundred and eighteen acres. The house is ginormous, and twelve people come in and they live in the house with me and uh, my business partner and good friend Jonathan Heston. And yeah, it's three and a half day experience that radically fundamentally. Changes a human being, impacts their business, impacts their marriage, impacts the relationship with their God or religion or whatever they call that, man.
0: Awesome, man. Well, you know what? You sold me. I'm about to go and apply here on the website. Uh, I think it's uprisingadventure.com. Up- uprisingadventure.com. I'm about to apply. I'm here. I'm about to apply, man. Right now, yeah, after awesome. after we get out of this call, I'm going to go and apply to see, to, to go there and, and, and meet you there. It's going to be a pleasure, man. It's going to be awesome um awesome and well thank you for for letting me on letting me in on that and um another thing tell me about your books i think you've written multiple books is that right
1: i've written kind of one i don't know if i call the other one's book i am very proud of this book it's called unstoppable beacon how to maintain your center in the chaos to the cover or to the book and Christy Skells, who's Dallas sideline, uh, Dallas Cowboys sideline reporter, she she's reviewed the book. So yeah, it's yeah, I, I feel like this book is like my my life's work up until this point. Um on a, like I can unapologetically like say if you if you read the book, it it will shift something within you. Um it's full of stories, it's full of some how-to advice, but it's a it's a very it's a good book, man. Like I'm happy. I'm like I know I'm the author of it, so, so it's like me weird <laughs> saying I, it coming from me, it's a good book, but I, I believe in this book wholeheartedly. Like if I died today and my, I just left this for my daughter, like it'll it'll fucking change her life. Um, I'm really happy with this book.
0: Amazing, man. It's it's curious. Like I'm scared if I die today. Not 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 because of like not because I like I'm gonna die young or anything, but because I haven't yeah. achieved everything that I want to achieve. Yeah. And I and like I don't have some just like you, you know, like if I leave this to my daughter, like I'll be good and like my legacy will continue to live on. I still don't have that man. And, and I'm scared to die prematurely, but well, I hope I don't. Mm. And I'm working really hard to, uh, you know, come up with, with a legacy, with something that is going to keep on living with my daughter and, and the people that I impact. So awesome. Um, let's see one, one more thing, right. One more thing before the five questions, right. Uh, I have something called the gentleman's greatness framework. I know that you, you know, you help men step into their greatness, right. To feel more fulfilled. Um, And like just unlock more power and purpose and perspective and 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 high performance, right? And have more clarity and confidence and certainty. So I have this thing as well that is called the gentleman's greatness framework. And some one of the things that you know that that helps men step into their greatness that I work on with them is um their vision, their their purpose, right? Like, first of all, digging back into their past to to, you know and, and taking their life experiences to find to try to find out like what is their purpose right once they do once they're they're able to uh, we make a big vision for them right because like most men and I'm I'm really shocked by this right like most men don't have a vision of what do they want for their lives um, so purpose vision and then a mission right so we, we give them a mission so like what is going to be the vehicle to get to that vision and then goals we set goals we spread you know we we we, we uh, break them down and then I have something called the, the gentleman's vitals right which is getting clear on your vital priorities your vital functions the your, your vital behaviors right and then i have and, and yeah so getting clear on all of that unlocks your greatness for me so i'm curious to know a little bit about what unlocks your greatness for you
1: uh so matthew mcconaughey in his book green lights i think said it kind of succinctly which is he said sometimes you got to go uh, you got to go back to go forward and I don't mean going back to reminisce or chase ghosts. I mean, to go back to see where you came from, where you've been, how you got here. <clears throat> so like for me, like when it comes into like purpose and helping people become unstoppable in life and business, the biggest thing is helping them see what really has got them here to this moment. Like what really has got you? Not because there's something to heal, Not, but what has happened to forge your way of being. And the question is, if if this is your way of being, we call it like a train car, like everybody's going through life in a train car and they look outside the window and they're like, man, I don't like where this is going. I don't like the scenery I see. And so oftentimes they're like, well, let me work in a program or a coach or read a book or whatever. And they're like, I'm going to move over here to the left side of the train seat and they look and they don't like where they're going. Well, maybe if I meditate and lay down in the train, maybe if I stand up like, but whatever they're doing tactically is still in the train. Mm -hmm. Like until we can suck ourselves out of the train car and lay new tracks to change where we're headed, which would be the way that we be, and then come back into the train, like our life isn't gonna change. And all of us, myself included, have inherited a way of being a train car from everything I've experienced, my parents, my values, et cetera, culture, all of, all of the events. And this is what I'm saying. Matthew McConaughey put this in a very simple contextual way where it's like, what, what got us here? What formed our way of being? And is this a way of being that I choose? Is this way of being supporting the person I want to become? Like you've probably heard in the personal development industry. It's like, well, if you do the thing, then you can have the thing so you can be the thing. The reality is is like, well, if I can be the person, then if I go do the thing, then I the, the natural byproduct is, of, is I have the thing. Mm-hmm. But most people don't take the time to consciously assess and look at, hey, this way of being that you have, is it what you consciously choose? And if you don't like it, well, you wanna consciously choose a different way of being because that's going to set up the foundation for you to show up from a place of power to show up powerfully in all that you do that naturally are going to give you everything that you
0: desire. Amazing, man. Amazing. That was, I, I loved it. Um, so do you have five more minutes? Yeah. Okay, man. Awesome. I was, uh, my, my, my heart started to like, you know, cause I was scared of you leaving. I'm just kidding. Um, so this reminded me of one, uh, of one, um, story right like like i don't know i don't remember the word story about a tree right that has app and apple it has apples it has fruits right and, and like this guy was saying that one of the apples is his marriage and one of the apples is his business right and then one of the apples fell like his marriage fell from the tree and like he was lost he was lost because he was identifying himself. And, th- and this can wrap up like you know like our conversation like with identity and i, I love that uh one of the apples that, that fell from the tree was, was his marriage made the other good apples you know fall as well and he was identifying himself with that apple that had a fall that had felt or fallen which was rotting which he lost and he didn't re- like he forgot that he wasn't the apple he was yeah. the tree right yes and then the other day that I was taking a shower you know that that story came back into my mind and I went a little bit deeper right what if you what if you're not the tree what if you're the land mm. Crazy, right? Like you, you can make more trees and more apples, right? So so yeah, man. I just wanted to say that. And I have five questions for you, man. Awesome. So the first one is, if you could travel back in time to give your 18-year-old self uh, some advice, what would you say to him?
1: I would tell him he has nothing to prove or nothing to defend.
0: Cool. Like he doesn't need anyone's approval, anyone's validation, or anyone's acceptance.
1: Nope. I'd say, look, you have nothing to prove or nothing to defend. You're completely worthy, just as you are. Like you need nothing and you deserve everything. Learn this, not from just a concept, but learn it until you can fill it in your bones. From that place, you can go out and create anything you desire. Until then, everything else is bullshit.
0: You need nothing and you deserve everything. I love that. Cool, I'm gonna put it in my affirmations. Um, What is one mindset shift or breakthrough? Uh, that you've made, that you can share, that made your life level up, that made you level up your life?
1: Great question. Man, there's been so many. Um, one, one that comes to mind right now that was huge, and I, I shared this on, on a, in a story on my Facebook post, and I was in Kona, Hawaii at the time, and just like life was intense, like pressure for my wife, pressure from business, pressure for myself, it, it was lots of pressure, and I just felt like, life was just crashing down on me just like waves in an ocean and so i was standing there and there's a storm that was rolling in uh that day that was an intense storm and they were crashing down on these black rocks and i was like man i just need to be like these rocks i just need to be grounded and present and masculine and just be like these rocks and let the the life just the life force energy just crash down on me it's fine And then I looked down the way like 100 or 200 yards or so, and there was a black beach. And like it dawned on me, I was like, whoa. So over time, this chaos has crashed down on these black rocks and has turned them to dust. That's not a sustainable church like approach. (laughs) And so that evening I was sitting in a circle with like 20 other men. And one of the guys next to me, his name was Nick. He looked over me and he said, Hey man, um, do you know anything about the Viking maritime traditions? And I was like, No, I know nothing about the Viking maritime traditions. And that morning I had experienced this whole Viking thing, which I'm happy to get into, but doesn't have a whole lot of relevance to the story. And he's like, Dude, the Vikings were some of the most fierce warriors, fierce culture. They they explored and conquered lands up to that point that very few people had seen unless they were indigenous to those lands. And most people, when they sailed, they, they had these big boats and they would like hunker down in them to weather the storm. He's like, But not the Vikings. The Vikings had these small, nimble boats. And when the, steam, the storm come, they would have one of the guys start beating on the drums. Every man would grab an oar and they would just like essentially conjure up and channel the, the energy from the storm to become the storm. And then they would take all of that energy as they're rowing through the storm to get to where they're headed to. And they would take all of that energy. And when they hit the land, they would just take it and go storm the castle and just completely conquer and divide like land, and people. And he looked at me and he said, brother, you're the storm. Like all of the pressure of life, all of the chaos, it won't overtake you if you'll remember that you are the storm. And so for me, that breakthrough was like, rather than resisting the storm, it was like learning to become the storm, not saying, well, I'm the chaos or, oh, I need to be the eye in the storm. I was like, no, I'll be fucking all of it. I will be the fucking chaos if chaos is required. I'll be the storm, like the eye of the storm, if the eye is the storm is required, but I am the whole motherfucking storm. And in that I can tap into wisdom. What I would call is God within me to help me know how to navigate. Do I need to be this, the, the, the center of the storm, the eye of the storm in this moment? Do I need to be the chaos? Like what's actually going to serve in this moment? And that for me, totally leveled up my marriage in a massive, massive way because I allowed myself to become the storm. And again, that didn't give me permission to be a raging asshole and go hurt people. Becoming the storm meant like fully embodying my truth and my power as a human being and walk in integrity with my values, period. Because the thing is, is like, we all experience life. We all experience emotion. And most people are living in reaction to the emotion. And one of the things that I've learned, it's, it's not the response to emotion that hurts people. It's the reaction to the emotion that hurts people. Because the reality is, is I believe God is all of it. He's all of it and none of it, or she's all of it and none of it. So that would mean God is anger, God is sex, God is sadness, God is love, God is peace, God is fear. And the moment I have a belief system that any of those are bad or right or wrong, I then limit the flow, the totality of God flowing through me like a river. And the thing about a river is they have riverbanks. One riverbank is the values that we hold. The other river bank is our willingness to walk in unconditional love and integrity. The moment that we do not do that, it's like one of the river banks falling over and what happens is the river floods a fucking village and hurts a bunch of people. This is what a lot of people are doing when they're reacting to life, when they're reacting to emotions, they're not remembering who they are and saying, yo, these are the values I'm taking a stand for in this lifetime. And I'm going to be a man or a woman of integrity and unconditional love. And I'm gonna channel the totality of life force that wants to flow through me, therefore carving out my unique purpose on earth, right? Lots of people have forgotten this. So that was a huge breakthrough for me is like being
0: the storm. And and not just being, but like choosing to be the storm. That's right, that's right, right? exactly. Cool, man. Um, that was pretty cool, man. So the third one, what strategy tactic or tool do you use to make sure that there is clarity in your life? Right. Like you probably know that clarity is something super, Great question. you know, like important. So what tools, tactic, or strategy do you use to make sure that you always have clarity in your life, in your marriage and in your business?
1: Yeah. I use a process that I, I've created called daily dialogue. Um, and so all that that means is just grabbing a journal, like a five by seven journal. And every morning I'll take, I'll probably take ten minutes, five or ten minutes to meditate, um, and then from there move over to my journal and just write stream of consciousness. Just take what I get, five pages in my journal, just whatever comes up. Sometimes that's me like being super angry. Sometimes it's me being sad. Sometimes it's me being very grateful. But I give myself unapologetic permission. To really be in my child brain, to really be in that primal amygdala part of me, to just let my experience of that moment or whatever is in me just out on paper. And then from there, start asking empowering questions. Like one of the greatest things I've learned from Tony Robbins is if we ask empowering questions, we get empowering answers. If we ask disempowering questions, we get disempowering answers. Jesus said it a little bit differently. He, they're like, yo, knock and the door shall be opened, ask and it shall be given. The the reality is that we have to become responsible and aware of what doors are we knocking on and what questions are we asking, right? This is part of the ability of us to choose how we want to respond. So by me giving myself permission to just take what I get and stream of consciousness writing, coupled with asking empowering questions to what I would call God and being open to receive the answer and just take what I get without being in my brain, Mm -hmm. I gain clarity every single day. And from that clarity, I can take action on it. It's one of the greatest tools I've ever experienced. And it's simple to do and it's simple not to do. And like I was just at a very high level mastermind just this past week. And um, you'd be amazed at how many high performers actually journal because they're like, that's what gives me clarity, right? Because they're, they're essentially learning how to navigate and find their own answers that live within them rather than constantly living out there. Because the reality is, is what may be a win for you may not be a win for me. What may be your path may not be my path, right? So if I can open myself up to be in the tension of like, God, what is the path that you have for me? And be open. Like one of my greatest definitions I learned of surrender was recently from Mastin Kipp in his book, Claim Your Power. He said, surrender isn't giving up. Surrender is giving in to something greater than you, right? It's not giving up. It's giving in. Like I'm not saying, oh God, I'm a weak victim, save me. I'm not giving up. I'm being like, hey God, you've created me to be a powerful creator. The truth is in this moment, dude, I am fucking lost and don't know what to do. I'm open. What's the next step you want me to take? That's a slight distinction, but a very, very powerful distinction. And when we can take that type of thinking and that way of being into our daily dialogue session, it always brings clarity, which always allows us to be at control and dude, I take all kinds of things, my marriage, my parenting, my business, French, like anything. Anytime I'm not clear, I take it in a daily dialogue and that's one of my greatest tools.
0: Cool. So you, do you have like a framework to follow that?
1: There's no framework. It is literally, what are you experiencing and go like give yourself, because the thing is if you have a framework, you're in your head, you're okay. out of experience. This is why you're just inexperienced taking what you get. When I first started this, it was just like, I hate this process. This is stupid. Why am I even doing this? And for like a half a page, I'm just repeating that sentiment over and over and over again until about halfway, three quarters of the way down the page, like something shifts and you start writing shit down. You're like, where the fuck did this come from? And you'll be amazed at where it takes you.
0: Cool. Cool, man. Awesome. That, that, you know, that idea of no, like you don't use a framework, you just put it all out there. That's really cool. Uh, cause you, you know, it's natural. Like it's, it's like, if you're asking it from, you know, a higher source, you're not supposed to like force it. Right. Yeah. Cool, man. So, okay. Fourth one, what do you think is the one most important habit for you that has contributed greatly to your success? So one, the one most important habit other than the one you just talked about, right. Which is, which is yeah. uh, journaling
1: fitness, intense fitness. Um, I was just telling one of our clients in our group, our groups the other day, Fitness is going to be the thing that carries you through the storm. Like I can look back on my life and when type life was just crazy. Like if I could just get in a good workout, because the thing is, is the workout is like really a training, a training ground for our mind and our body. Like the highest performers do hard shit. Like the highest performers. And they do well themselves. Well, of course they do it well. But the reality is, is they do something that they don't want to do every single day because they're essentially consciously choosing stressors so they can train themselves of how they're going to respond when shit goes sideways. So let me give you a very simple example. like If people are not taking a, a cold shower every day, Like that's a simple habit that they can stack on and there's legitimate health benefits to it. But the biggest health benefit or or life benefit is your mental discipline. Like you take a 20 minute cold shower or 20 second cold cold shower, just normal shower routine. And at the end, turn it as cold as it goes for 20 seconds. The thing is, the key distinction is, is anybody could do a cold shower for 20 seconds from like, okay, let's get there. It takes a ninja to go (laughs) and calm their breathing and just breathe in the midst of the cold shower. You do that for seven days straight, I guarantee you what's going to happen. The next time a stressful situation occurs, we can just breathe. To get out of our fight, flight, freeze, appease, amygdala, fear response and get back to our heart, get back into our prefrontal cortex where we're consciously thinking, okay, cool. This is happening. How do I, what, how do I choose to show up here? What's gonna serve? How can I serve that's an integrity and unconditional love with my values? We can't do that if we're just like <laughs> reacting. That's what I'm talking about. Same thing with like weightlifting or running. Your brain is going to say, "Ah, let's not do that today. Or like, this is an opportunity to say, I hear you and we're running today. I'm committed to running X amount of miles today, or I'm committed to running however many times a week or whatever somebody's committed to. There's no right or wrong answer. Just pick something, but then be committed to it. That done over time is what's going to discipline our brain, our mind and allow us to be in response to life rather than being reactive to life.
0: Cool. The first thing that I do, man, every single day after I wake up at 4am is drink one liter of water with my vitamins. The second, right. the second uh, thing that I do is jump into my bathtub filled with ice for seven minutes. Cool. Perfect. And, and another thing we are, what we repeatedly do. We are what we repeatedly do. This is from Aristotle. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. Yep. Excellence is a habit, right? So, like what you said of, of doing hard things, right? So, high performance do hard things well and they do them repeatedly and make them into a habit. Yep. Last one um, 30 second thoughts, 30 seconds on your thoughts on tracking and measuring KPI. So, on, on track and having KPIs in your life, right?
1: Yeah, it's great. It's a great question. And not not just in
0: your business, you know, like KPIs in your life.
1: Yeah, I think there's, this is a hard question for me to answer. And the reason being is sometimes it serves us to have a KPI and maybe it's just me getting clear on what your definition of KPI is. So let's say if somebody, Let's just keep it an easy analogy. If somebody wanted to lose weight, well, then a good fitness trainer would be like, well, what's your body goal and what's your nutrition goal? And they stack all of this stuff um, there. When for some people, their KPI may just be, did you open the gym door today? Like, I don't even care if you lifted anything. Did you just leave your house to just get to the parking lot? Like, can we just do that for seven days? Like, that's the KPI. Did you open the door? And I think a lot of people set KPIs based upon what they think they should be doing. And they're buying into the projections of humanity rather than coming home to their heart to really look at like that slight edge concept, which is like, what's that 1% shift that I can commit to? And again, it's a genuine commitment, commitment being like, it's fucking done. Before I even do it, it's done. Like one of my commitments this year was doing X3, which is a, a resistance program, Four times a week, 12 months straight, no excuses. Even if I'm traveling, whatever, it doesn't matter. I'm eight months in now, it's, it's happening. Like I haven't missed a single workout. Why? Because when I committed and spoke to my, my accountability group, it was done when I spoke it. It wasn't like, well, no, it was done when I spoke it. That was just about me walking it out, being committed because my word is my bond around that, right? So it's hard for me to say uh, about KPIs. I guess my answer as I'm talking this out is be really clear on, are they your KPIs that you're genuinely choosing or are you choosing KPIs based upon society of what you think should be your KPIs? At the end of the day, yes, what gets measured gets managed. So there's wisdom and having a KPI. Um, But there's some people like myself who's very intuitive and very creative. And if I think I need to be I don't know if you've studied wealth dynamics by any chance, but there's different profiles. I'm more of a star and I'm very intuitive. There's some people who are, their, their main archetype is a Lord. And so they're great with data and spreadsheets and KPIs. For me to think that I need to be like a Lord would be totally negating who actually I'm designed to be. So I think sometimes we have to be careful and find, find ways. Like For me, it's, it's way more successful in my business and my life to have other people who are responsible for setting the KPIs, but it's up to me to get really clear on what is the KPI that I'm choosing um, that's going to move me forward. I know it's a roundabout way to say, I, I kind of don't know,
0: but I know. Cool, man. Yeah, that was that was, that was was cool. That was, in, that was interesting and in, interesting insights. So, man, uh, we have, we're done, right? But I love everything about you, what you said, everything about you, I could feel, I could feel you, man. You know, like we're not even in the same room. We're through zoom and I could still feel your energy and you talking from your balls, which is, which is something that I quote, right. From having a conversation with another man, he, he told me, you got to talk from your balls. And that's yeah. what I felt, man. So awesome. like what you said, like everything was really powerful and I really appreciate it. I'm I'm, I'm I'm sure that all the people that are going to listen to this are going gained gain a lot of value and, you know, a lot of, Things that could have transformed their lives. So, like, I want to know. I want to know more about you. Like, where where can I find you? Where can I get more from you? Where can I, uh, you know, go and apply for for your? I I already said the website. You know, for your live events and everything. Where can I get more of you?
1: Yeah. So everybody here's listening to a podcast. I'm gonna assume that people like podcasts. So probably the best place for us to connect is over on my podcast. It's called the Anthony John Amex Podcast. Um, I release an episode every single week, whether it's a guest or whether it's me doing a single solo Sunday sermon esque type of show. Um, I release a new show every Wednesday, pretty much. So yeah, cause I'd say we connect over there on the Anthony John Amix podcast.
0: Awesome. Great, man. And then you, 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 social media or anything like that?
1: Yeah. Facebook.com slash AJ is going to be the best place to connect with me on social media.
0: On Facebook. And I gave the, you know, like if you want to, it, it's 16 days away, right? uprisingadventure.com i'm already applying here man so yeah man awesome. thank you very much for for being here for uh having you uh, for ha- for you know having this conversation with me i'm really thankful and excited man and i really appreciate it
1: you're welcome brother thanks for having me on alex appreciate you homie
0: thanks man Bye, bye